Hello and welcome back to the Truck Stop. I'm your host, Will. And I am Evan. And today, we will be talking about engines. So, Evan, what'd you do this weekend? Well, I didn't do too much this weekend. I had a Christmas party on Sunday with uh, my whole Minky family. So I got all my second cousins there. And otherwise, I didn't do anything else. Will left me all weekend. He went on a little vacation. So, Will, how about you... Tell me how your weekend went with your vacation. Oh, it was very good. Probably one of the best weekends I've had all year. So I took a little vacay down to the Cayman Islands with me and a buddy. Quick six-day vacation. But yeah, it was very fun, though. Very, very fun. I missed you a lot. I don't think you did. No, I definitely did. You know, I just, this class, I missed it. So in this episode, we got a couple special guests, Zach and Eli, from the Cal's Hands podcast. So Eli, how was your weekend? You know, it was a pretty good weekend. Little short, but it was a weekend. Even though we got a long weekend coming up ahead of us here. That is true. How about you, Zach? How was your weekend? Uh, not too bad. Kind of just worked the whole time, but you know, got to make money somehow. Gotcha. So starting off, to get into our first segment. What is your guys's favorite truck brand? You want to go first or me? You can go first. To be honest, my favorite truck brand is Ford, but that's. Kind of very well known. A lot of people like Fords. It's very common. Gotcha. You know, I'm going to have to stick with that. I'm a uh, Ford guy. I've driven Ford my entire life, grew up with it, and that's just what I know and what I like. So what makes you guys like Ford so much? What are some attributes? So the main thing I like about Ford is you can get parts for them anywhere. Mm-hmm. Parts are one of the cheapest. Now, granted, they're still expensive, but... They're one of the cheapest parts to replace on a truck, and you can find them anywhere. Everyone works on them, and they have pretty reliable engines besides the one motor that they made, the 6.0. But even that, there's guys that have driven that to 200,000 miles. Well, you just With the 6.0, you just got to bulletproof it. If you bulletproof the 6.0, then that thing is yeah. amazing with the power it makes. Yeah, and as long as it's not a high school kid driving it they'll <laughs> last on it. but the other thing i really like about the fords is their transmissions they're reliable you have a lot of options to get them from factory depending on what you're going to be doing and they're not like a per se chevy 1500 transmission that's going to drop out well that's not very funny so on the topic about transmissions so recently we did a podcast about transmissions and we talked about the GM and Ford partnership for the new 10-speed transmissions in their heavy-duty trucks. How do you like those transmissions or have you not really heard too much about them? Personally, the uh, summer work truck that I use is a 10-speed automatic Ford dually and I like it because when you're hauling empty or you don't have a trailer on, it still rides good and you can get them up and moving pretty fast. But then when you also have a trailer on and you got, you know, 20,000 pounds on the back with the trailer, it, it still is going to get up and going. And, you know, there was, I never really had a problem with it. There, it wasn't loose. It shifted nice. And it had probably close to 80,000 miles on it already. Gotcha. So if you guys had to choose one all-around general-purpose Ford truck for your construction work, which one would it be? Construction work or all-around work? We'll general, do both. General contract. Okay. Personal so, truck or work truck? Work work truck, 
I would probably do the 350 just because you do have that extra towing capacity. You have that power if you are on carrying that big trailer, like if you're carrying a blanket trailer for concrete, you can tow that easily. You have good control over it, and you can still get up to highway speeds and keep up. Um, Personal-wise, it will probably be, I want to say the 250. I don't want to say the 150 just because you don't really have that big, bigger trailer that you can tow. Otherwise, you're dragging a lot, and it's hard to get up to speed. But that's just me personally. You know, if I were to go out and buy a truck that I'm going to use for everything, I'm going to daily it, I'm going to use it for general contracting, like Will said, I'm going to go out and get probably a 350 with the power stroke, and I'm going to buy like a high trim level. Because if I'm dailying it, I want it to be comfy, and I want to get that higher trim level so I can get the leather seats that clean off easy. It has the bigger bed. And, you know, you're never going to – if you get a 350, you're never going to have to worry about really overloading your truck. Because if you're hauling something big, you're just going to use a different truck. But with a 350, you're good from anything from putting a single 2x4 in the back to pull in, I believe – the 350's towing capacity is like 30. I think it's 32. 32,000 pounds. Something like that. So you're good all the way up to that. So it's really an all-purpose truck. Plus, it's comfy. It's big. If you got to bring the kids or the family somewhere, you can fit a whole crew in there. So I'm going to go with the 350. So you you guys would both choose Super Duty Fords instead of a 1500 Ford for your general purpose all-around truck yeah more than likely you get you kind of get more purpose with it like Eli was listing off like you you really get more I want to say efficiency with it Mm -hmm. and don't have to worry about a lot of a lot of things when you get just start off with that 350 and you're spending the money already it's you can use it as a tax write-off you're spending the money you might as well spend the extra you know $10,000 $10,000 and get a power stroke. Yep. Better diesel or better fuel economy because you're running diesel. And it's just an overall better looking truck for when you pull up to a job or something, you're going to look professional. Yep. So since we're on the topic of diesel, it's to my understanding that the Ford Super Duties have the three different engine models now. So that is the 7.3 gas, the 6.8 gas, and the 6.7 diesel. Which one would you choose? I'm going with the 6.7 power stroke all day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an amazing engine, plenty of power, but it's great on the fuel economy still, too. And they've been making them since, I want to say, 2011. Yep, that's yeah. when they first came out, the yeah. 6.7. But even before that, Ford's motors, not to get off track here, but look at the old 7.3. Oh, yeah. The 7.3 power strokes, the IDIs, the 6.9 IDIs. That was a literal tractor motor. Mm-hmm out of an international, put into a truck. They're slow, but you're going to pull half the, hurt, half the earth off trying to move. So I believe that they offer a 6.7 power stroke high output, correct? Yes, that's right. That was new for last year. Gotcha. How do you guys like the high outputs? Would you just get the regular 6.7 or would you get the high output? So, Zach, I'm going to let you touch on this first. I mean, 
yes, having the high output would be nice, but do you guys know if the high output I haven't done I haven't really seen much about the high output. Um, do you guys know if that having the high output is gonna affect the reliability of it? Like either the transmission, the diff or even the engine, per se? I'm going to be honest. Since they are so new, I haven't really heard much about anything. I think not a lot of them have probably broken over 150,000 miles yet. Okay. So I think it would be kind of negligible if there was any reliability issues yet. I think we need a longer time span to look at general reliability. To kind of see that, yeah. I, having, I would love to have the high output just because then you do get that extra torque. You get that power and... So towing is going to be easier. Daily driving is going to be easier. Yes, having that's going to kind of suck on economy just because of it. But with all the technology they have nowadays, I have a feeling that's not really going to affect much. So the other thing with that high output is we like test drove one for a little bit in the fall. Mm-hmm. Out when we were out in the like fields and stuff picking. And you burn a lot more fuel. And there's not really much more upsides, but we test drove it for, I want to say, a month. And by the time we were done with it, it was already starting to have transmission problems because it's just giving you more get up and go, like getting onto a highway or something. So then your natural instinct is to give it to get up, and it's just giving more, so it's beating on that drivetrain way more. Yep. So that transmission, was it slipping, or what kind of issues was it having? It was starting to, like, clunk a little bit. Okay. I never really looked into it. I just drove it back to the dealership and dropped it off. Yep. Wow. Will and Evan, thanks for uh, inviting us on to the uh, Truck Stop podcast here. And it was, uh, it was fun talking to you guys. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you for coming on. So with that, Evan, you're a big Chevy guy. Lay some knowledge on us. So, Sarnov. We're going to go through the diesel engines like we did with the last two uh, models. We are going to start off in the 1990s. It was the first diesel, I believe, that ever GM offered was the 6.5 Detroit motor. That was a kind of a a dog motor, but all of them were back then. They didn't make much power. Most of them, the beginning ones, I don't think came with turbos. I think it was kind of like the 7.3 IDI. They didn't come with turbos. And then later in the years, it came out with a turbo in the 6.5. Uh, but then pushing it into the 2000s, I believe it was uh, right in the 2000s, like 2001 era, was when the Duramax, first uh, diesel engine that GM came out with that was under their name more, came out with the LB7 engine. This engine was a decent engine for its time. It did have its problems. It had uh, some injector problems, and it also had some head gasket problems. And then they had that for a couple of years, and they upgraded to the LLY. The LLY was basically the same thing as the LV7. They just tried to fix their problems. But in fixing their problems, they fixed the injectors, but then they made more problems with the head gasket, making those go out earlier because the engine would just get too hot in general. So then they tried to redo it again, making their LBZ engine, and this engine, they really, in my opinion, crushed it. They fixed all the problems from the past two engines they made. So they didn't really have the head gasket problems or the injector problems as much. The only problem that they really had with those 
was when you were really heavy hauling with them, their uh, fuel pumps for their injection would actually crack. There is a ceramic ball in there, and that ball would be prone to breaking if you're hauling really heavy with it, and it would actually kind of clog your fuel rail a little bit, so it would make the truck go in limp mode, but only when you're heavy hauling. It, would, it doesn't hurt the engine if you're uh, just daily driving it. It only happens if you're driving it for over an hour, the engine gets nice and hot, and you're hauling heavy, and it'll just put it in limp mode if you give it too much throttle. But then moving into the next engine, they offered the LMM. This was the first engine that they had emissions on. This was a pretty decent engine as well. And then after that, they moved into their LML. They had this engine for, I believe, three years. That engine, a lot of people love it. A lot of people don't love it. It's a love-hate relationship with those, I believe. But now they pushed into the L5P engines, and they have had that since 2017 to present day. This engine, in my opinion, is the, my favorite. Everyone loves the L5P. They make incredible sounds, and they can haul a lot. And that's all the engines for them, Duramaxes and GMs for right now. Will, do you have any thoughts on it? So your dad has an LBZ, right? Yes, he does. And how does he like it? He, he loves that engine. He thinks, well, he hasn't had a newer Duramax, so he doesn't know too much about those. But his brother has one. My bro- his brother has a LML. And he loves that engine too. And his other brother used to have a LMM also, but he got rid of that one. So he loves his LBZ. His does have that uh, fuel injection pump problem. We noticed that a couple of years ago. And so he kind of was struggling with that. And it's like a 20-hour job to fix because you basically have to take the whole front uh, front clip of the front truck off. And you have to take a lot of the top stuff off the top of the engine. Wow. So there's a lot of labor involved. And it's a $1,000 pump in general. So it's very expensive. But it never bothered him for daily driving. The only time it ever bothered him was when he put the camper on. Mm-hmm. And we'd be hauling it up north or somewhere out. And we're driving for over an hour. And then if he'd get on it, like at a stoplight, leaving a stoplight, or getting on an on-ramp, sometimes it would cut into limp mode and limit hit him to sometimes 30, sometimes 5 miles an hour. And it just would say low fuel rail pressure for the check engine light code. But otherwise, he's had no problems with that truck. And it's been a very good truck for him. He has only 120,000 miles on it, but still very nice truck. Sounds like Chevys were pretty problematic in the early years, unlike Ram, you know, with their <clears throat> Cummins engine. Well, I won't disagree with that, but also those Cummins, engine, Cummins engines were all mechanical most of the time. So mechanical it's, you know, mafia on top. It, it, yep, that it has that for them, but they also were kind of gutless, but and they were tractor motors. A twelve it, valve is a tractor motor. You could disagree with that gutless statement. It, yeah, if you turn them up. No, but stock, no. they're gutless. No, they're not. I think they're actually, not. I remember, if I remember correctly, through the third generation Dodge, the common rail Cummins had the highest torque numbers, and this was out of the just the Chevys. The Ford actually beat it, but when you look at a third generation, it had a higher torque number than Chevy. Just saying. But that's the five nine, not the twelve valve. 
that has and twenty four valve is a five nine. It's just not common real field. So you said third gen five nine. Mm-hmm. So I think I got you on that one there. I don't know because if you look back at the twenty four valve and the twelve valve, they are both five point nine liters of displacement. But I am not. I'm not disagreeing with you. You said third gen five nine. I did. I did. And that wasn't but all mechanical. Also, that was fuel. That was uh. You can go. Never mind. But also, if you look back at the 12-valve and the 24-valve, those years are the years that Chevy had the Detroit engines, the 6.2 and the 6.5, and the 12-valve and the 24-valve completely blow those engines out of the water. I will agree with you on that. Those engines were not yeah. not the best. It was not a good era for, for Chevy. But also, those weren't their engines in the first place. That's true. But if you look at the Duramaxes, it's not fully Chevy's engine either. They are still partially owned by Isuzu. Well, they were. That switched over in the L5P. Really? Yep. The L5P is now made under GM. I did not know that. You got me. So let's move into our next segment about Ram. Will, give us some knowledge on them. All right. So we're going to do a little timeline here of Dodge's engines, starting all the way back in 1989. So let's start with the heavy duties, more specifically the diesels. So back in 1989, the only diesel option that you could get for the heavy-duty Ram was the 12-valve Cummins. Now this is regarded by most enthusiasts as one of the most solid and reliable diesel engines ever made, period. There was hardly anything wrong with these engines, except for the fact that they made almost zero power, but that's besides the point. But overall, they were very reliable. They did have one main failure point, though, and that was the dowel pin on the inside, which holds the intake manifold, and sometimes that would come loose and that would create a catastrophe in the engine and the engine would seize up. Besides that, very reliable engine. You could push a lot of power through it very easily, very easy to work on, and just overall, very reliable. So after that, in 1987, they moved to the 24-valve Cummins, so that had 24 valves instead of 12. This was basically the same engine block as the previous 12-valve Cummins. It just pushed more power. It had a more advanced ECU, so you could get better fuel flow. You could get better airflow. Reliability was a little bit less because of more moving parts in the engine. Actually, the main problem with it was with the ECU since it was so new into the truck game they weren't too advanced and they didn't really know how to work them. But after that, this would deliver the diesel fuel evenly to each of the injectors and this created for a smoother ride overall. You could get more fuel to the injectors which made more power and these engines were a lot easier to tune. It was also in this body style that the 6.7 liter Cummins was implemented and this engine was a massive step forward for Ram. In its time, it was ahead of every other diesel engine. It created more torque not more horsepower, but it's debatable on which one is more of a necessity when you own a diesel pickup. Extremely reliable, not as quite as reliable as the older 12-valve and 24-valve Cummins, but again, a very solid engine. This one would carry on through the year 2017 with the 4th-gen Cummins, and again, nothing too much changes. There was a change with the wiring harness, I know, but a little bit increase of power. Nothing too extravagant. Again, the same reliability. But there would be a change to it in 2018 with the 5th Gen Cummins, where there was a bigger turbo added. There was a higher 
horsepower and torque rating and this was the year that you could also get the high output engine which boasted it up to 1085 foot pounds of torque and it was a lot more responsive the reliability was there but it wasn't as good as any of the other previous generation Cummins simply due to the fact that when you get pushing that so much power out of a stock engine with stock air it tends to not like it and things go wrong I believe that some of the things that went wrong in the new generation Cummins are head gasket failures the grid heater goes out and there is a little bolt that connects the grid heater and that bolt can and will fall out if not properly maintenance over time and retightened and that can actually fall down into cylinder number six and that will seize up your engine well i think that'll wrap it up for today make sure to check out eline zach's podcast calloused hands it's a great podcast well thank you for tuning in today always a pleasure our next episode will be about what is the greatest truck ever made and if we could take parts from each of those trucks and make one what would they be my name's will my name's evan And And y'all take care now.